Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want travel. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. How do we want to do this today? Because, like, obviously, there we covered, as you say, 51 movies well 51 we have we released 51 episodes this year Mm -hmm. uh technically we covered more than 51 movies because a couple of of them are versus episodes and then the halloween episode was actually three movies right so i was thinking this would just be a walk down memory lane like (laughs) hey how was 2020 for you guys because it was a it was great it was was the greatest year of my life why why do you why do you ask did something eventful happen Uh, just just a just a little bit just a a little thing that uh that happened (laughs) corona prices really went up for for some reason i don't know (laughs) but their stock prices are all really down for some reason i don't really get it uh yeah um the so we're gonna cover we're gonna cover what we deem to be the best and or worst of of 2022 the 2020 well 2020 and obviously and that's not yeah that's not necessarily to say uh everything we're gonna talk about are films that came out in 2020 you know we released movies that came out in a multitude of different years this is just everything that we've released on the Fist of Fail podcast. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but watching movies that came out in 2020 was kind of difficult this year. Uh, mostly because like only like four movies came out <laughs> in theaters. <laughs> and I think like all those four, none of them were even action movies. So yeah, uh, we obviously covered a whole gamut of movies. And we, we always try to spice things up. We try to cover as many things as we possibly can. And this will be... Um, 2020 will be the last year well we'll like this year where we we went off based off of anniversaries we want to hit these big milestones for these movies that we thought were worth covering uh next year will be different uh and you guys can wait till next week to find out what i mean by that but uh yeah uh we, there are these these movies we selected for a specific reason because we want to add a little variety and we want to cover as many different martial arts many different nationalities uh different countries represent um from different film industries and we would just want to make sure that there as much coverage as possible some of them were good <laughs> some of them were jujitsu <laughs> <laughs> uh so talking about good segues mm-hmm. uh zero yeah. what was some what were some of the worst movies so you seen we, last year all right so are we gonna go from worst to best i'm guessing well, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe we can do that. Maybe we can we can end on a highlight. Okay. Well, well, like, we, can, we can't do high note. We can't talk about every fifty, all fifty movies. So. Yeah, I, I I made a list. Uh, I picked mm-hmm. like my eight best and eight worst. It just it just it just so happens coincidentally I picked eight and eight for both of them. Eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's quite a lot. All right. I think I have like three. Okay. Well, that that's <laughs> fine. We can we can still go over it. So. Um, yep. For me, in my worst categories, uh, these kind of these two kind of come together because it was actually a versus episode. Mm-hmm. We spoke about Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave, two of Jet Li's American films. Are they the same? I mean, like, are they in the same category? Well, I mean, are they the same movie too? But are they in the same? <laughs> they might as well be the same movie. <laughs> uh, I think Cradle to the Grave is 
probably worse as a movie, but more entertaining as a watch. And that is something I'm pretty sure we came to the conclusion mm -hmm. on in that episode. Right, right. Yeah, very, very upsetting to see what America did with Jet Li. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of we we did cover another movie of his, uh, which is no, was it Fearless? No, it's uh, the, the Legend. Dog. No, no, well, that too. Yeah, well, we did cover a couple of his movies. Mm -hmm from uh for last for this year uh i actually forget that the all the american title is the legend uh the alternative title the well the chinese title is feng sai yuk mm -hmm. i know you weren't the fan of that movie you thought that movie was a little ridiculous you remember recall. completely incorrectly that's actually yeah. in one of my uh best better lists really okay. yeah yeah i guess you don't remember that episode at all like i loved that movie really i'm very surprised okay yeah I, I... yeah you should go back and listen to the episode <laughs> I don't remember your opinions on things. I remember <laughs> my opinions on things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, if I had to choose between Romeo and Cradle, Romeo is like just a smidge better. I think, is that what I came down to when I when we covered it? I think, I think that's like basically the gist of the episode. Man, I don't know. Uh, I Obviously, we can easily just shit on jujitsu. Yeah, this yeah. whole episode. Right, right. I mean, based on the jujitsu episode, if you listen to it, we were all in unanimous agreement that <laughs> that was not a good movie. Right. Well, um, I I think a movie that is kind of holds a candle to that in the so shitty it's shitty category. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a. a, a, a a controversial controversial pick for me it's mm -hmm. gonna be the grandmaster oh that's on my list too <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah i was going to say uh something similar where i know that there are many many Wong Kar Wai fans i mm -hmm. like some of his other movies but i uh absolutely was really bored with this movie yeah i detest that movie it was, it's it's pretty awful <laughs> in every single way uh yeah the, uh i mean i guess one way we can set up the whole this whole episode that we're, we're discussing right now is you know like if you haven't seen our last our our whole episode coverage of these individual movies at least we can give you a basic synopsis of like what our, our feelings were for these movies uh for um for grandmaster the whole problem with that was it's just style but no substance and well that's basically like the gist like the, the cliff notes version of like what i uh, how i felt with that movie and it was just so slow Everything about the action was just so incredibly slow and it wasn't interesting. It just, it tried to be a little bit more on the poetic side, you know, like try to make everything look aesthetically pleasing, but it was it, like the action is what you're coming into this movie for. Oh, I, but, I, I feel that people aren't coming into that movie for the action. I think people are actually coming to the movie because it's a Wong Kar Wai film, if anything. I don't feel like it's, it's appropriate to make an Ip Man movie using his style. Right, because I feel like uh, I mean, again, you can probably hear this so echoed in our episode too. Uh, it's not appropriate <laughs> uh, because you know, like you, you, especially during the age of like Ip Man movies, you expect like uh, a caliber of action, and here is just like a, a, a melodrama. Well, there are definitely and not even a good one. Yeah, there are definitely expectations when you have an Ip Man title, and I think you know it, it's it's a shame because there was there's a history with this with this movie where. It was supposed to come out technically before the, yep. you know, the the actual famous Ip Man movie starring Donnie Yen, but then it actually came out later. Like it, it's it's curious to think like would that have changed the landscape at all of Ip Man films? But mm. probably not. I think the original Ip Man with Donnie Yen was just so it was just such like a 
I don't know, like a dart in the board where like once that hit bullseye, everyone was like, whoa, okay, yeah, now we're all making Ip Man movies. And yeah. this this just didn't come out at the right time because like after that Ip Man, people were like, well, what the hell is this? <laughs> but it has its fans. I mean, it's a Wong Kar Wai film. I think people just go crazy for his style. And I like his, I like his stuff, but I did not like this movie. Was it? Well, I mean, are they rabid fans like Wes Anderson fans? Where it's like, I don't care that it, there's just style and no substance. Um, and I might I'm, be along those lines, maybe. <laughs> I am firing shots here. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan of, uh, uh, of of movies that like that just emphasize only the aesthetics and not really much on anything else. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm. Gonna, I was gonna put out Grandmaster also just to be kind of controversial too. It's not that bad in the grand scheme of everything that we covered, right? Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not I just, bad. I was. I was bored with it. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly. It's a slog to get through, and mm-hmm. I actually do see. Like, but I would highly, highly seek out anyone who would recommend a movie and just like shake them down. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> there are so many much better films. Uh, all right, so let's get into the uh, so bad it's it's like bad category. <laughs> like with with the Wong, the Wong Kar Wai Grandmaster Ip Man movie, that was that was an attempt at a good movie. And then we have uh, <laughs> and then we have Hellbinders. Mm, yeah, that that probably is like the lowest on my list. Really, the lowest. Like like the Cradle to the Graves and the Romans Must Die, like. I kind of count them as like the same movie. They're they're pretty bad, but at least there is a lot of entertainment to that with yeah. all like kind of the silly wire work that Chetley's doing or like the fish out of water kind of stuff going on there. Hellbinders is just it's not a good movie. It's very very <laughs> low budget. Um, there, I guess the idea of um, you know meshing uh, Christian lore and Japanese mythology together was you know their eyes were bigger than their mouth like in their head like this was such a grandiose idea and it falls completely flat on its face yeah there's nothing about that movie that even looks feels like there was a semblance of effort right uh, is that is that mean for me to say it, yeah, it just feels I mean, like everyone during in the production looked like they're about to fall asleep yeah it's just a it's just a bad movie unfortunately like i don't like to to be so hard on like productions like that but when you this is a thing where you watch it you know like okay this is this is you know bottom of the barrel it's not very good the performances are not great like maybe people were just here for a paycheck and you know that's it like it, right. it's not a, it's not a good movie that's that's basically all i could say about it yeah oh i feel like I'm, i have to, i have to unfortunately jump jump all over the place because uh, i mean i have to compare hellbinders to broken path which mm-hmm. is on actually kind it, it just barely makes my list mm-hmm. uh, of, of it's like a, it's a runner up for movies i would recommend for this this year because that movie has like a fraction of the the budget uh, and it's it's so simple in its premise and it's a significantly better it's just non-stop action yeah and Bro- broken path is on my list too i i loved broken path because you as you mentioned we know what that is that is a no budget like zero crew like put together over a weekend and it's just amazing how it came out mm-hmm Right, so Hellbinders, I don't know, I look at that and I'm just thinking, man, this is not even bad on a, so, it's not even good on a so bad, it's good level. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just terrible in, in every sense. 
And see, like, I can't even shit on it anymore because no one knows this movie. I, no one, a part of the crew, even promotes it. it it's, it's just it's just in the obscure section of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it, unless, you're, unless you're an unfortunate soul who is interested in seeing what uh, Ray Park is, has done since Star Wars, besides the sexual allegations, um, <laughs> uh, that's probably the only thing you can find. So I don't know. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, Mark isn't here, so he can't back you up, Zero. Mm-hmm. But I detest Beverly Hills. <laughs> That's on my best list. <laughs> um, oh, how? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so so uh, I'll, I'll walk us down memory lane. I, I love the movie because of nostalgia reasons. I completely know it's a bad film. I, I still love it. But I think I have such even fonder memories of the movie now because when we were recording that episode, uh, Mark and I were just like loving it. We were like reveling in all the stupid Chris Farley stuff. We were just kind of happily reminiscing of the film. And you were just in the corner, like like your eyes were rolling out of your head. Like, I can't believe these guys are actually I thought you guys were going insane. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, yeah, no, it's his day. I don't get it. I, I, I'm, I thought that movie was incredibly annoying. Um, I mean, Robin Shu is the only part of it that I found funny, mm-hmm. and he's not even a comedian. Well, I mean, he's well, he's not even a comedian. He's and, not a comedian. Like, in, the sen- yeah. in the sense that like Chris Farley is. I mean, he's. I mean, hearing him in interviews, I'm like, he seems like a pretty nice, a pretty nice aff- uh, affable guy, and he seems kind of funny. But you know, he's not Chris Farley. And Chris Farley was the worst part of the movie, starring Chris Farley. <laughs> No, he was definitely the best. I love all the Chris Farley-isms, the self-deprecating humor and the the physical harm to like his body humor, where he's just like, hey, I'm just going to crash into everything. Things are going to break over me, uh, and I'm going to hurt myself for comedy. I don't know. I grew up on that stuff, so so I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've never been a fan of that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that overtly physical like bombastic i'm gonna get hurt for the sake of getting hurt kind of humor not just me but a whole movie revolving him oh, it's it just it's just too much and again it, it was i am i chose that movie uh as a lark for you guys oh i got but super I, excited when, uh, <laughs> when i found out we were gonna talk about that you movie. got well prior i think in 2019 remember 2019 when things were normal when we were we i was joking i was like hey let's do beverly hills ninja mm-hmm. boy i hate myself <laughs> saying those words <laughs> uh yeah but okay after that um mm-hmm. you'll be surprised i actually don't have that much else that i hated from last year okay uh that's just me uh i have a couple more uh but then the rest yeah. are kind of like they're kind of like low-hanging fruit it'd yeah, be well, too easy list, for me list them off because i still have uh i still have a few sure unless you want uh, me to, unless you want me to go well uh, yeah yeah you you might as well go after that. i'll just say the only movies i would even say are so bad that i i just test them well the kind of the test them is yakuza apocalypse maybe i don't really hate it it's more like i just don't understand it see yakuza, Apo- yakuza apocalypse is on one of my best oh my why <laughs> i loved how? how fucking crazy that movie got in the end it's it, i like weird stuff and uh, a man in a giant turtle suit uh, you know, using nunchucks and getting shot up with uh, machine guns is, I don't know, it's just so much fun for me. 
it was it was a, it was a little weird at first, and it was kind of you know a little bit a, hard a little to get weird, through. a little weird. Yeah, see, I like weird. I I can I can deal with that. I don't know. The movie is so so crazy in the end mm-hmm. that it ended up winning me over. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, zero. What else do you have to not recommend? Right. Um. Unfortunately, Enter the Fat Dragon was was mm. uh was pretty disappointing. Which one? Which one? Uh, the 2020 version. Oh, wait, does that mean you recommend the original? Uh, no, that doesn't mean I recommend the original, but <laughs> it didn't make it into my list. I, uh, I I was not sure between the two, and I decided to go with the 2020 version. Hmm. And it's weird because there are moments of, you know, modern Donnie Yen choreography in there that's pretty, that's actually pretty decent. Um, but then it's Donnie Yen in a fat suit getting just reprimanded by his girlfriend who is like the worst character um if you go back and listen to the episode you can you can just listen to us complaining about her like over and over again she became the backbone of why we hated that movie yeah pretty much pretty much yeah well you're supposed to uh, uh, empathize with her and it's it's not it never gets to me in that sense it's like uh, well i hate her and she's stuck with you for the whole movie actually in the beginning of the movie where it's set up as if she's going to be like that bitch that turn well i mean i mean loosely loose term of that bitch who like sends him to like find discover himself and find a new love interest then it turns out that he has to grovel to get her back and i was like this uh, uh fuck that movie <laughs> Uh, it, it's bad. I wouldn't say like it, but it's just like forgettable. I think that's. Oh well, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I put it on my list. I was thinking about. It. I was like, oh yeah, I don't even really remember this movie. Uh, zero. Yes. So you weren't here for the episode where we talked about actually the only Steven Seagal movie we we we've covered so to this day. We're, we're gonna rectify that eventually. Yeah. Um, but the only movie that we've covered of his is Hard to Kill. Mm. I was gonna and, say that I was gonna I was gonna mention that I've I've only not appeared on two podcast episodes, mm. and it was the Ninja Turtles episode this year and Hard yeah. to Kill this year. Right. I mean, you know, Ninja Turtles. I actually now that we're looking back on it, we should have had you on that episode. We were talking about that the whole episode. We're like, fuck. Yeah, Zero I listened to the loves episode. Ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Zero loves Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah. I know nothing about Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you should have had me. I, I, I uh, could have. It, it was. I could have contributed it a lot more. Yeah. It was the anniversary. You weren't there. It's like. Yeah, fuck. I know. I was. I was not free. <laughs> it, it was such a shame. Um. Hey, actually, now that okay, maybe we'll we'll circle back around to that because part of this recap episode today's episode is actually covering things that we didn't get to talk about no we already did that (laughs) well we didn't kind we didn't really do that uh i mean okay fine ninja turtles we didn't get the chance to talk about it if there's anything you want to say right now that we didn't talk about in the episode say it uh uh, well i haven't listened to that episode in a long time so i don't even know uh that movie's garbage right okay cool (laughs) right no i liked uh it, it you know, I grew up in the 80s, 90s. Ninja Turtles is a staple of, you know, childhood, adolescence. And when that movie came out, I was kind of shocked because I was used to the cartoon, which is very kind of silly, very colorful, as to where the movie was very, very dark and pretty serious. So that was a very um, kind of a kind of a shock to me. I remember liking it because I love the turtles. But I remember being confused because the visuals were so foreboding. Right. You had these heavy shadows all the time. You had Raphael crashing through the, uh, you know, the sky roof, uh, mm-hmm. the sky skylit window, and you and you think he kind of dies. It was I was just like, whoa! Like this is not <laughs> the turtles I know. Like 
can they be eating pizza a little more? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, they do eat pizza in the movie. They, they we have a, a advertisement from uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah. And and Domino. Oh no, Pizza Hut was in the commercials, I think, and Domino's was in the movie. I don't know. Right, right. It was it was just one of those things where they went more adult when it with with a children's property. So very very confusing. Um, in terms of well, the martial arts, though, uh, I, I can't even remember if there were too many fight scenes. I know there's there, a, there weren't there weren't that many. There is the Raphael fight um, on the roof. I can't remember anything from it. I think the most uh, I think the fight that probably stands out the most is the Shredder fight when they all kind of attack him like kind of one by one, and they and each performer in the turtle suit gets their own little moments of like small choreography. I think. The suits probably limited what they could do as well. Like they, yep. they couldn't go too into it. So uh, it, it felt very small. But I remember as a kid, I was like, yeah, they're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's the basic premise of what we talked about in the episode, which was all the, all the fighting was pretty minor compared to what we usually cover on our show. But you know, for what it's worth, you, know, you really think about uh, the level of effort that goes into the action when everyone's wearing these 40 to 50 pound 60 pound suits yeah it, it's difficult so of course the choreography has to take a small hit but for what it's worth it looks really impressive so yeah yeah uh, yeah this became a ninja turtles episode so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, damn we got we got to rectify that episode because uh yeah you, you, you gotta be part of it maybe when we cover uh tmnt2 or tmn3 tmnt3 oh, okay. when they they fight a cowboy and samurai man i love i've seen I, i'm pretty sure i've seen every ninja turtles movie every hollywood ninja turtles movie mm-hmm. um and even i know that three is is pretty bad it's universally hated so uh, oh man so is it as bad as hard to kill how uh, you see where i brought that back around uh, i don't know i've never i, have, I haven't watched hard yeah. to kill i was always gonna go back and watch it since you guys did that episode okay, so and i didn't see it okay uh let me give you a basic rundown of that episode um it's bad <laughs> okay uh it, it's cheesy it, it, it's just now this it, is that, still early steven seagal right this is before he starts kind of going off the rails if uh I well it already correctly. feels like he's going off the rails you can kind of see that ego of his already starting to seep into his movies starting uh, to like, inflate a little too yeah much. yeah his ego starting to you know get a little bit inflated and mm-hmm. starting to become I thought I that was, I thought that was starting to happen like in the late '90s into the 2000s when he was kind of n- still in martial arts movies, but it kind of felt like he was getting out of shape for them. Uh, he's, he does his, his his kind of he kind of does his fair share in the in this movie. It's uh, but like in the end, it just becomes more like a like a really forgettable action romp with just really cheesy everything. And Steven Seagal is not likable as a character in the movie, mm-hmm. forgetting his. The, his off-screen persona, or I mean, his, he he makes his off off-screen persona his on-screen persona. It's it's yeah, he's just not a very likable guy in the movie. And yeah, then there's really not much to, to say. Like I just did not like that film. We like if you listen to our episode, we just shit on him the entire time. It's yeah. it's not a good time. Uh, but maybe one day we'll cover above the law. I feel like uh, when when we released this episode, we had some comments saying like, oh, you should have covered above the law instead. That's the movie that everyone thinks is. You know, it's actually decent. Good. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah. Whereas Hard to Kill is the one that has been... It, it gets mixed to reviled reviews. Hmm. Okay. A lot of people consider that to be one of his worst. like Or on this So Bad It's Good level. Which is probably why I chose that movie. I was like, oh, I want to watch a So Bad It's Good Steven Seagal movie. But then I realized, like, oh, if I wanted to watch that, I wanted to pick something with Steven Seagal that was 
so bad it's good i would have just chosen machete machete yeah. was great <laughs> but he's not stu- you know he's not the vehicle for that movie yeah but then i but where why the movie can you find steven seagal performing harakiri and not looking like he gives a shit as he does it <laughs> I, it's I great no i can't answer that question uh why are there shit films uh i have a i have a controversial pick for oh, no. my for my worst of the year oh no is this something i liked uh i don't know i don't know i can't re- i can't recall how See, you, you don't felt remember my <laughs> i don't remember your opinion now yeah so uh i have city hunter on my list uh, jackie chan city hunter that's a good pick. That's a good yeah pick. see this is a one like you know like you know older jackie chan films feel like they're you know like they have body armor like you can't say anything bad about them and there's a lot of positive moments from city hunter that i think people have in their minds but every time I rewatch this movie, I'm like, man, like I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this character. I don't like the zany comic book antics. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was. I remember when we were watching it, I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. Now we're at like this part of the movie when you have the secondary characters doing their thing, and I just did not care at all. Yeah, City Hunter was the movie that uh, made me realize that Wong Jing's uh, magic crystal is a masterpiece. <laughs> Uh, I, rem- I, wa- I remember I was a teenager when I first watched City Hunter. As I as I was, you know, because I was with, you know, as as any person discovering Jackie Chan movies would do, you know, you would marathon them. So I would go to Chinatown. Uh, I would pick out. I would like so those bootleg Jackie Chan movies and I'd just watch them back to back to back. And I, like I, wa- I heard about City Hunter, like everyone loves City Hunter. You know, it's like one of the greatest. And I watched it in high school. And I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is just a, <laughs> this is terrible. And every sense of the word and then like as an adult uh, like i've realized my opinion hasn't altered in the slightest it's still terrible mm-hmm. in fact it's gotten worse as a result of it and the only <laughs> reason why we, we covered that movie at all is because we needed to fill the void that high risk couldn't right couldn't right do. well that was a that was a kind of interesting thing that we did so we were going to talk about high risk as its own episode starring yep. jet lee directed by wong jing and then we kind of realized while watching it that Okay, there actually isn't that much martial arts in yeah. this. There, there are a few fight scenes, but it couldn't fill out an entire episode. So you, you gave, the, uh, you decided uh, to fill me in on the fact that there's some, you know, drama behind the scenes or some kind of little tidbits. So we watched Fatal Contact and you fil- or we watched City Hunter, excuse me, and you filled me in. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty neat to know. Yeah. All that drama is more interesting than both movies combined. <laughs> <laughs> The final products are not as interesting as anything that we talked about behind the scenes. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I actually grew up on High Risk. I, I think I had affinity for it the same way that you have affinity for Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> so, in a way, Beverly Hills Ninja and High Risk are the same movie. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't hate High Risk. I just, I guess, I was just hoping for a little more. It, yeah, I think it I didn't it, it didn't like elevate itself to something that was so memorable for me like i mm. i was i was kind of shocked that uh jet lee doesn't get the last fight it's actually it actually goes to jackie jackie chung i think mm-hmm. so it, it was like why is this a jet lee movie like uh, so yeah there's just just a lot of weird things about yeah. high risk i think i think the whole backstory though is so much more interesting though how <laughs> uh wong jing has this kind of beef with jackie chan and so the the you know the fake stuntman uh, or the stuntman pretending to be 
you know, really great uh, as a character, but he's really a boob and he's really a fraud is, is much more interesting yep. uh, than the actual movie itself. Right, right. Well, I, I do like that movie for nostalgic reasons, but uh, I think it, I just like that it's the, the most non-martial arts, Jet Li, and most petty movie I've seen in <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said before, I don't have that many more like blunder movies like the, the ones i don't recommend mm-hmm. uh, well i uh, could say uh i have a I'm, I'm sure you may have this one on your list but this is the uh probably worst but most entertaining which was the which is the one you're thinking of Sorry, uh guys. well uh, to, to an extent so it, uh-huh. it it was pretty bad and then the ending becomes so bad it's good oh and wow. that is invincible dragon Oh, I was gonna. Ask, oh, that was my last one. <laughs> I was gonna save that. I knew that was gonna be on your list. Too. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, it's gonna be on everyone's list. That that movie is horrible. It, it's it's so bad that it's it's a runner up for jujitsu. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it is. It it. But it's weird though because yes, while we were watching it, we were kind of just like, oh man, this is just horrible. This is horrible. But that ending. Oh man, <laughs> that ending. Uh, I don't know if we should re-spoil it, but we, we, it. We, we spoil it in our if you if you listen to the individual episode on the film itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, a CG dragon comes and saves the day, and it's so fucking stupid. We are glossing over the terrible dialogue, the terrible at times terrible action, uh, the like the over the top performances by uh, by Max Zhang and and Anderson Silva. The dragon is just icing on the cake. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it it come well, it all comes back around because I didn't think I'd be seeing that fucking dragon again. <laughs> I didn't even think that was even real. I, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that movie's awful. Um, and it's all, oh my god. No, I'm like I'm having like PTSD now. <laughs> just remembering that fight in the trolley when it becomes a CGI mess. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. it's weird because it it's it really is a bad movie, but it becomes so ridiculous, it becomes entertainingly bad at the end. Like I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> Yeah, it's awful. This is... Uh, I don't know Max Chang's entire catalog of films. I've seen enough of his films at this point. But just by watching this, this is the equivalent of the medallion Jackie Chan Chang's movies, right? Because we're, you and I watched the medallion uh, yeah. before we even started this podcast. Uh, we, were, we were like, oh, let's watch this for a lark. We'll see uh, what we, we think of this movie. And we, we back then we had uh, Jackie Knights. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> we, we, had, we would watch Jackie Chan movies. And then after that, we started branching off and watching other things. And then lo and, lo and behold, Fist of Fail podcast comes uh, into fray. But um, yeah, we watched The Medallion, and that movie was just awful. It wasn't so bad it's good. It was just awful until the end. The end is what sealed it for you. See, the the problem with The Medallion for me is I I can't even remember that movie. But I remember how hard you were laughing at the end of that film. You were laughing so hard. You'll have to uh, elaborate for me then. What's the ending of that movie? Uh, Well, I mean, one... Jackie has like supernatural powers throughout the whole film as soon as he gets the medallions and then Julian Sands the villain also has supernatural powers and then he there's a moment where Julian Sands is like running around like Sonic the Hedgehog and catching up to Jackie and he 
puts his he does a Kali Ma on Jackie mm-hmm. and you you see like Jack like wince in pain he like screams at the camera and, and as he's taking the medallion out of his chest or whatever and he does the Wilhelm scream and I remember you laughing like laughing and going oh no why <laughs> and then from that point on it just went downhill like it got worse like I can't even I can't tell you every single detail after that right, it right. ends yeah it ends with Jackie throwing the medallion, a spike piercing the medallion, and then Julian Sands gets sucked into the medallion. And you're laughing I'm, the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having like PT, PTSD flashbacks now too of just really horrible CGI. Oh yeah. And and you know the the thing is like you know there has been horrible CGI movies throughout the the course of the 90s and 2000s. The problem is you go into a Jackie Chan movie, you're expecting fights, you're expecting real practical stunts, and yes, you know he's you know there there can be wire work, but what they do with this is just such a shame. Well, the only reason I'm talking about the medallion is because uh, the medallion was what 2003. By the way, that's like one of Scott Atkins' first roles ever. So props to that movie. Uh, But the medallion was 2003, 2004, if I remember correctly. Invincible Dragon came out this year. Or like late last year, and it was just as bad on every level. <laughs> Technology, I, I, yeah, like Invincible Dragon is very bad. It keeps on in my mind. I keep on getting swayed because I want to recommend it to people because I want people to. <laughs> I want people to sit through it for some reason. I wouldn't subject anyone to that torture. <laughs> tell you that right now. I should be like. I should go to like the MMA subreddit and be like, hey guys, check oh, out Anderson God. Silva's movie. <laughs> uh, you're gonna die. That's my line. Oh God. Oh, God. All right. Uh, what else is so bad? And then for obvious reasons, uh, my number one was kind of just jujitsu. Well, it wasn't Fatal Contact? No. It was... you, I feel I feel I feel like we keep on talking about this. You hated Fatal Contact. I actually didn't mind. Oh, well, I remember you being disappointed on your second rewatch. I I wasn't gonna mention Fatal Contact again. I just heard you say Fatal Contact. Like, is that Freudian slip? Uh, no, <laughs> of course, fucking Jujitsu is the worst movie of last year. It's the worst movie of the decade. <laughs> okay, it's horrible. It, it's oh, God. Um, I, I I'm trying to think. Like, is it that bad because it was just so recent? And like it's just so fresh in our minds. No, because because Invincible Dragon is still kind of fresh in my mind too, and I keep on thinking of that film as well. Right. But Hell Hellbinders is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, that movie's uh, like, bad, but not and not watchable. Uh, and just uh, in the end, becomes just boring. If I really want to think right, about it. Right, right. I, I I can't get so mad at Hellbinders because it, it feels like they just they had nothing to work with, and they just kind of put shit together. Jujitsu, I feel like. You can kind of, you can kind of be like, well, you guys have, you know, you have like B list, C list actors. You, you know, you have something there. You have something to work with at least. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that they didn't put effort into jujitsu. I, I, unfortunately, that final product is so egregiously horrible that I, I, there's no part of me that you can even recommend it. Like I can't. A lot of times when a movie's so bad, uh, and you, but you can see the level of effort, you know, you kind of want to, you always say that, you know, that common phrase, A for effort. Here it's like, I don't care what the, how much effort you put into it. This is really horrible. <laughs> it's, it's that bad. It, it's the final product is just that awful and it's so jarring to sit through. Um, yeah, it just felt really amateurish. Oh yeah, I think maybe that's a good way to describe it. It's a, I mean, it, it's, it's a perfect B movie, but you want it to be entertaining, and it, it never like 
it never crosses that line into being kind of dumb fun. Yeah. It just feels more dumb, yeah. unfortunately. Right. Well, the whole problem is that it takes itself too seriously, right? Yeah. And it yeah. In the episode, in the episode, we I, I I remember saying I wish they just kind of embraced how silly their premise was. You have an alien. He comes down to Earth. He teaches humans jujitsu, and then he's like, hey, "I'm gonna fight you every so often. Make sure you keep up with your jujitsu." I mean. He never verbally says that, but <laughs> I could see it in the way he oh walked. Oh my god! Yeah, don't let's let's stop talking about jujitsu. Just watch the episode <laughs> or listen to us. It's it, as long as you don't watch the movie, you're good because that movie is just that bad. It's it's. I I would say watch it. Really? It's yeah yeah you know watch a bad movie. <laughs> never it, you know put some hair on your chest. I, oof. I'll, I'll recommend bad movies if they have some sort of redeeming entertainment value to them. I wouldn't just say, you know, watch jujitsu blindly. Unless you want to know what our litmus test is. Like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, I want to know what uh, the Fist of Fail crew think of a bad movie is. And they watch it and they're like, oh, wow, that's pretty bad. That's, that's a very low bar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Alright, uh, hey, we actually had a lot of good movies last year. Actually, so much so that I actually don't know if I can uh, list, all, like, a top ten, even. I actually, uh, mm-hmm. I do have a question. Well, I mean, we, we, we spoke about some of them already, at least uh, some on my list that uh, go against your list. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, nin- Beverly Hills Ninja needs to somehow get off of your list. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it... It is. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if I could say the best. That that movie just has a very, very a you know fond, strong place in my in my heart. Of that movie. Yeah, I have very fond, I have fond memories of the movie, and then I have fond memories of the episode because it was just so <laughs> fun to see you get so annoyed at us <laughs> loving the movie. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try to do something a little bit different because actually uh, there are so many movies here that kind of clash with one another and could easily take up uh, a spot. Um, what, oh, yeah, I, I guess we're f- officially in the best of the best, section. the best of the of what we covered yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. So uh, easily, uh, I could name like fifteen because we 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 try to cover good movies. I mean, we cover bad stinkers here, you know, here and there. We can, it's unavoidable. But like because we try to cover so many good movies, actually, it's kind of hard to choose. Uh, what I'll do is I'll name a couple good ones, and then afterwards, yeah. There are so many movies that kind of clash with one another or can take up certain spots. I'll just name the movie that I would choose based on the performer that you co- you're going to see it for. So see these movies for. Sure. So let's say for example, okay, okay I'll start with uh, Scott Atkins. All right, we have we've covered like mm-hmm. four, three, four movies with him. We have Undisputed three. Uh, we have Ninja Two. Uh, we talked. No, Medallion wasn't this year, actually. So and Avengement. Yes. Avengement. So, th- those are the three movies. I would say Undisputed three is probably the one i'd choose out of those three uh and that's weird for me to say because i think that's not even the best undisputed movie <laughs> undisputed <laughs> four is actually way better in my opinion but we're not we didn't cover that really yet. i i always see people talk about undisputed three over mm. four and i have not seen four yet so i'd be curious uh to see how that 
Undisputed 3 is great. It's a great movie. It has a lot of fighting in it. it obviously, it's not. I know it's not necessarily your your cup of tea. You don't really like inside the ring kind of fights. You like you prefer them outside. But I, I you know, I think the action choreography is great, minus the really bad CGI ankle break at the end uh, with Marco <laughs> Zorro. Right. Ah, I love his floppy penis <laughs> leg. That that is like my favorite part. Uh, I like so I liked Undefeated Three's fighting, e- even though like I'm not as as you mentioned, I'm not too crazy about ring fights. It is not on my list though. Um, <clears throat> I did I did like the movie though when we were watching. You, is Scott Atkins at all in your top movies? Uh, he is not object. actually. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, obviously we could have chosen. I could have chosen Ninja Two, but I thought eh, that movie's it's good. It's just not. I prefer Undisputed Three as well uh, instead. Uh, but yeah, like if you guys get a chance, watch Undisputed Four or wait for our Undisputed Four episode because I actually I like that movie a lot more. I think you might like that a little bit more too because they take the, some of the fighting outside of the ring and it has a better performance. Okay. It has a better story. I mean, sorry, it has a better story and there's actually a woman in the movie. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Does does she fight? No, I mean, no. I don't rank my films on the number of Gender. background the female of characters. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Zero. Uh, what What do you have as a like or a favorite? Right. Right. So, uh, so I, I we kind of touched on it. Uh, I really liked uh, Legend of Feng Sayuk. Mm-hmm. That was a big surprise to me. I'm completely misremembering because... your opinion on that movie. Yeah, you really are. So, uh, I, I, so whenever you see those Jet Li period films where he has that, you know, the shaved head but the long ponytail, um. You know, you think of uh, Once Upon a Time in yeah. China, right? So I, you recommended this movie, and I just kind of looked it up briefly. And I saw the poster, and I thought, oh, is this is going to be like a Once Upon a Time in China like knockoff. Like, I thought it might have been like, yeah, just something subpar to that series. And uh, yeah, I was so happy watching this movie. It is, It was just so crazy and kind of weird at points. Um, I, my, one of my favorite fights uh, comes from this movie is when they make rules that the fighter can't touch mm-hmm. the floor. So uh, Jet Li and then uh, this female fighter are literally jumping and running on the heads of people in the crowd. And it just becomes this really, really fun fight scene where uh, they're trying not to touch the ground. So they're just doing all these weird, fanciful things, you know, using wire work. And then using forced perspective, obviously, to keep them in the air. But it's just, it was just so fun. I love that. There are so many movies that uh, where Jet Li has donned that exact look that I can understand why you mm-hmm. would have been con- concerned that, like, oh, another one of these Once Upon a Time in China. And like each time he's playing a legendary character. Uh, in Once Upon a Time right, in China, right. he's uh, Wong Fei Hong. Uh, in, in The Legend, he's Feng Saiyuk, obviously. And then. Uh, Fearless, fearless. Uh, he was uh, Bruce Lee's uh, master in from um, uh, way Fist of Fist of Fury, Fist of Fury. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I can understand it, but yeah, like Feng Feng Sai does stick out. Uh, it, like, it stands out from its its uh, the other Jet Li half ball Jet Li movies, <laughs> uh, but it's not on my list. But yeah, that that yeah, that was a pleasant surprise for me. I remember watching it and just being so giddy because it was just so different from what i was expecting and then also what i was expecting from like a kind of a period piece movie you know like i feel like sometimes those movies play it kind of straight you know uh and this one felt like it was kind of having fun 
being a little wacky, almost veering into comedy, but not really. Right. So, yeah, that's why I really yeah. like this one. Uh, you know, we covered a lot of Jet Li movies last year. We have one, two, three, four, five, six. I might be actually missing mm-hmm. uh, two of them. We covered six movies. We, co- we covered Romeo. We talked about Romeo and Cradle. Uh, you just mentioned mm-hmm. Fong Sai-yuk. Uh Yeah, uh, again, like I, I, can't, I can't choose them. But actually, this might be a little bit easier because uh, high risk, as much, as much as I have fond memories of that, I wouldn't choose that on this for this format um so for me it would be a toss-up between fists of legend or danny the dog uh oh that's hard <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh for so i don't have any gently movies besides legend of Fang sayuk but danny the dog would be for me because it's just overall i think just a better movie yeah i was just gonna say like and 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 story like i, I love that movie a lot it's not on my list but like i just love that movie and have really fond memories of that oh, movie, that movie well. also counts as a scott atkins film because <laughs> he's also in the yeah. oh yeah that's true uh yeah, yeah I, I was just gonna say the same exact thing danny the dog slash unleashed is a good movie it's a good movie experience um and it's more well-rounded whereas fist of legend is it's a very interesting rehash of the fist of fury movie with bruce lee in it uh but it has more action like watching looking back on it i didn't realize how much wire work was in the movie until you know watching it recently uh so that was kind of that kind of took me aback so yeah i'd, I'd say i would recommend danny the dog as uh, instead but fist of legend i mean it's it's a close second it's 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 one of those highly sought out after movies for a reason in my opinion yeah uh for me fist of legend uh i like the story a lot but uh against popular opinion i was actually disappointed mm. with the fights and in the episode, I mentioned this, there is a lot of speed yeah. ramping. There's a lot of changing of the frame rates to make things look faster. And that really took me out of it because I know Jet Li is fast and I know those performers are fast. The fact that they're assisting him, not digitally, but, you know, in the process of what they were doing with the, with the film speed was just, it like kind of broke my heart. I was like, oh, I know, I know they look good. I don't need that, you know, little assistance mm-hmm. that, that, that they did right, for it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I I completely agree. Danny the dog all the way. Uh, that's it's actually I don't know what is actually that movie doesn't really show up on my list. Uh, I recommend that movie highly, but I, I wouldn't say it's like my one of the better movies of last year of this year. I mean, uh, zero. What else do you have recommend? Uh, I put so I have like a so I picked a few that were kind of like um you know like hidden gems you know like things that uh maybe you might have missed and so we kind of we kind of talked about broken path already i think the martial arts community uh is aware of it but people still uh don't know so much about this uh this movie johnny young bosch um dan southworth got together and made an awesome awesome like home invasion movie in a cabin in the woods and considering the limited crew it is crazy how much martial arts fights they got in this uh, movie. You, you mean fight. The, the one fight that doesn't end. Mm. <laughs> I think I said right, that right. 50 times in the episode. It's, it's, the, it's, it's almost the 90-minute action movie. There is just non-stop it just, fighting. Yeah, it gets relentless, and it, it gets tiring to sit through, but not in a bad way. It's like, what the hell? Like, this, this, like aren't they exhausted? Like, you're, you're tired just watching it uh yeah i mean that you basically summed it up like just go watch broken path it's 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 not as revered as it should be and it needs more attention and again it, it blows hellbinders out of the water even though hellbinders came out <laughs> a 
it the year afterwards and has the same some of the same crew. Uh, but 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 uh, I mean, if we're talking about movies that had a low budget but somehow still came out to be relatively good for what it's worth, um, mm-hmm. African Kung Fu Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna save this as my trump card, but I mean, I, I gotta bring it up mm-hmm. now that you mentioned you, you brought up that. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm being I'm joking or not. I actually really like this movie. Um, not at a uh, not even as a so bad as good level. It's just it's just a fun time, and you, know, you can tell how much love and care went into this movie. I enjoyed the film. It's not on my list. Uh, I think because I I kind of wanted more from the fights because it it seemed like. It could have gotten there. Uh, you get brief glimpses of what could be if maybe they had more money, more right. time, and whatnot. But I think I think what you get is is great for what it is. But I, I, I for me personally, I wanted more. Ah, uh, but they're they're fighting Nazis, African. <laughs> there's an there's a black goring in the. Okay, that, that that's enough reason for me to recommend. Listen, listen to our episode. Yes, uh, Hitler and Tojo. Tojo yeah. Yep. Don't come. They they don't die. They take yep. a submarine to Ghana of all uh, places. Yeah, the the Ghanarians. They turn they they turn the, the people of Ghana into the Ghanarian race. They make them white face out. It is oh on paper. God. You don't want to be associated with any of these <laughs> words, but it it comes together into something that is just so silly yep. and fun. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm kidding or not. It's the movie has so much heart to it. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Let, let's talk about the prolific Panarita cry. Cause we actually covered him four mm. times this year and we might've exhausted mm. ourselves with the Panarita cry movies because, well, he, he does have a limited amount because he has passed exactly. away. So, uh, there's, there's only so many exactly. more we could essentially exactly. cover. That's why I meant to say it's like oh how many more can we do in the future it's like we covered the big ones uh, we have the the most popular ones which are ong bak and tom yang gun and then we have mm-hmm. uh born to fight uh which i and born to fight and bangkok knockout which i consider them kind of hidden gems but maybe not so much to uh, others in the martial arts community um yeah that's i, I obviously ong bak and tom yang gun the protector those movies are highly highly uh like revered by everybody, like everyone who's in, into action movies whatsoever, like because of Tony Jaw and his performance and Pon River to Cry's direction. But Bangkok Knockout's fucking incredible. Actually, Born to Fight's also incredible. Uh, like most, but yeah, yeah. Yep. I was th- I was thinking between those two, and I think Bangkok Knockout kind of edges out for me in that like Born to Fight is a little more stunts. And I think Bangkok Knockout is what I was looking for. It's crazy stunts, but then there's also yeah. pretty cool choreography. Uh, well, where it where it, it exceed, succeeds in in stunt work, Born to Fight really fucking goes above and beyond. Like some of those stunts are incredible. I just realized that Born to Fight and Bangkok Knockout both have stunts for involve all, involving a car almost running over a guy's head. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, would you would you choose any of those movies over the Tony Jaw ones? Uh, uh I, yeah, man, like Bangkok Knockout was just so much fun to watch. Once like once things get started, it's just it's yeah. just great. I, I might. I mean, Ong Bak takes a while to get into, and but then you know the the, the fights are great. Um, yeah, ah, that's a tough question. I'd have to think about that one. 
they're like i so for my best of list i don't have them any sure, films sure. above any other they're, they're i just have it as like th- these are just good like on their own and not better than mm-hmm. one another uh well uh that that's a good way to put it if i had to choose a ponderated crime movie uh, like if like let's say you only have two hours to watch something i'd, I'd probably choose tom young goon out of all of them uh because i've already mm-hmm. already said in the past that ong bak as, as much as I think objectively Onbox a better movie and it's, it's prolific for a reason I prefer to, The Protector because I it just there's a lot more imagery and there's more iconic imagery from that movie that really sticks with me and I think that movie holds up a lot more in my opinion although the fights mm-hmm. are probably better in Onbox <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah I, I recommend Tom Young Goon uh, for that reason uh, yeah and that, that actually covers a lot of the, my favorites of last year uh, or for this year. Uh, obviously, I could mention the raid because um, yeah, that's an easy pick. It, it's so easy, <laughs> but yeah, but, but everyone you know could see that a mile away because it, it's it's the raid. It, it's it's it basically set the Indonesian film industry an entire standard for them. You know, like it's like oh, well, our standard is not Marantau. Marantau is just kind of a, a, a milk toast martial arts movie. The raid set the precedent which is oh let's make everything excessively violent and that became then <laughs> well it was like yeah yeah it was like let's make a war film out of our martial arts films and then it kind of started veering into well let's add horror elements to our yeah. martial arts films you can definitely see that in uh the the other indonesian martial arts films come after yeah. the raid oh so one thing i wanted to mention since you mentioned the raid uh in the last episode we were supposed to talk about martial arts media that we watched that we did not cover specifically as its own episode and i completely forgot to mention that i watched gangs of london from gareth oh yeah that's right Mm -hmm. yeah he made a whole series uh tv show about gangs in london surprise surprise (laughs) and unfortunately it was extremely disappointing that's 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 yeah i i yeah, I did not like this show at all. Like the character is extremely unlikable. Uh, story, it's you know typical mob stuff that I could care less about. And oh man, the fights is what I think a lot of people were yep. looking for. You know, directed by Gareth Evans. Uh, it should be noted he didn't direct mm. every episode. Okay, I'll um, do it. But yeah, uh, they utilize shaky cam in a way that just annoyed the hell out of me. And it works in some cases. Like, I didn't mind the shaky cam in the raid because it was kind of a war movie. So that kind of shaky cam makes sense. But if you were to watch the fight scenes, you can see that someone is intentionally, like, shaking the camera. It's not digital. (laughs) It is literally someone shaking the camera around, and it's kind of nauseating Uh, at times. Um, I will say... There is one amazing episode, and I will so I will I'll say the whole episode is is great because basically what he did was directed his own take on Home Alone. <laughs> it, yeah, just imagine Gareth Evans doing Home Alone, and I'm sure your mind could run with the so visual. Macaulay Culkin set it's, Joe Pesci's hair on fire in, in this episode. Yeah. Okay, it's it's actually a good episode. I, I would say if you were kind of curious just watch that episode just go and, and watch that whole episode it's it's great it's basically people trying to prevent a home invasion from happening there are armed guards trying to break in and they're just you know covering every entryway and just it things blow up people get shot to shit 
people die it's really good all right uh, i might give that a shot i mean you're not recommending yeah i would just say watch that just watch <laughs> that these episode. people doesn't matter just keep on doesn't matter yeah <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i think a lot of my picks for this this year were have some sort of like recurring thing to them i mean my, my last two picks i'll save them for a bit uh just because i think they're worth talking about uh zero but they also have a theme they also have a, um, a tying component to them. But Zero, what else do you, did you consider as your top picks for this year? Okay, so uh, another hidden one or hidden gem that I feel that not too many people talk about is uh, The Rebel, starring Veronica Ngo and John okay. Nguyen. And it's interesting because on a lot of martial arts uh, forums, discuss, dis- yeah, forums, discussions, I always see people uh, mention uh, Fury with Veronica Ngo. And I was, I'm always like, oh man, like she, she's done so much better stuff. And I'll always comment, like, check out the rebel every, you'll see me comment all the time. Like, check out the rebel. It's so much better. And I saw that she's going to make a sequel to fury called furies. And I just laughed because I just thought, you know, like somebody can misinterpret that and it would read furries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like oh my god look at this asian woman she's making this movie called furries this is gonna be awesome if she fights in, in a giant fox costume that would mm-hmm. I, I would easily want to recommend that to everybody <laughs> uh yeah I, wow you just totally reminded me what the rebel was about because i actually confused that for a second with fury uh but i do also remember my, my how i felt about that movie uh, like that ending is so dour <laughs> and the whole movie's mm-hmm. very yeah dour. yeah yes it's one of the more serious movies we have yeah. on our list. Like it's it's like along the lines of SPL. Right. Like it it's a very very serious dramatic movie that actually also has yeah, more and that's it. how I feel. Uh, it, it's wow. Okay, that's a very good par- parallel you just drew. Uh, so I love SPL, as you guys know. Actually, there's no spoiler anymore. I, mean, I like I may or may not say that's my favorite movie of last year. We'll get to that in a second. The Rebel and SPL share same tone, which is it's a very serious, very serious things are happening, and there's martial arts in it. Very highly choreographed <laughs> martial arts on top of it. It almost feels like it doesn't fit. It almost feels like these could be disconnected things. In fact, you could take out the, the martial arts from it, just make it a, a pure drama about surviving, you know, this horrible predicament. I'm, and I'm speaking for both movies, and it wouldn't affect the movie at all. But they threw in martial arts into these movies, where it almost almost at times feels like a detriment to the seriousness, <laughs> serious nature of the film. It's like the rebel is good. It's like it's like in that sense it's like it's it's it takes itself very seriously and all of a sudden people are doing like spinning spinning like like 540 kicks into a, a, a hook <laughs> kick and like oh okay this doesn't feel appropriate for this um yeah but uh from what i remember i remember the rebel ends after the final fight and then everyone is sad and crying and then the movie's over and then <laughs> and then you're just left like oh Oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, but remember that 540 kick? Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did a corkscrew. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, whose mom died? <laughs> yeah. I mean, then like SPL, it's like right before that, you know, super, super, you know, sad, twisty yeah. kind of ending. Uh, Donnie Yen manages to use this crazy momentum to lift Samo <laughs> Hung into the air and crash him on top of this glass table holding all these bottles yeah. of 
uh, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I guess it's again. I guess it's no surprise that SPL, which I've said it many, many times, that SPL is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite Hong Kong movies in general. It's probably definitely my favorite Wilson Wilson Yip movie that he's ever directed. Uh, I I love that film. However, again, echo everything I just said. uh, I kind of wish it wasn't a martial arts movie at times. Uh, Like uh, if it was just a straight up uh, a crime drama, police procedural movie in the sense of like Infernal Affairs. Uh, I wouldn't fight with it, you know, like that would be just as good. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly it. Like it, it'd be just as good of a film. Uh, oh, so is that on your SP- list? Well, definitely. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's like a it's on my list. It's high on my list with the asterisk, which is like it's it's I recommend as a movie, as a martial arts movie. Mm-hmm. I actually don't recommend it, even though it has a very iconic scene what everyone loves with the the fight between uh, uh, Wu Jing, Wu Jing and Donnie. Yeah, when, where they're fighting at the end. And like, even though everyone loves it, it's like, oh, but like in the context of the story, I actually feel like it doesn't fit. Even though it's a good fight, like objectively, as opposed to how I feel about the, the fight, I, uh, I don't think that, I think the movie uh, can hold up without the martial arts elements in it. So as a martial arts movie, yeah. I don't think it's a very good example of it, but I recommend the right, movie a right. lot, like so much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in similar sentiment. I don't have it on my list, but I completely agree with that. Zero. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, I have the Scorpion King okay. on there. Yeah, uh, we technically didn't uh, watch it this year. You technically <laughs> released the episode, you know, don't this tell year, them my but we recorded techniques. it much much earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that the Scorpion King. That is definitely like a hidden gem. Like I almost never see people talk about that. Um, And I think it is just so visually unique with its martial arts. You have this man who is literally doing scorpion style with his, you know, his palms to the ground and then the one leg up like a scorpion tail. Like when you see it, like that is just so striking. As a visual. Oh yeah, no, the, the movie's great. I actually I like the the martial arts in it a lot. Obviously, there's wire work in it, but it's not distracting. Uh, but it, I think this is the movie where we discovered that uh, Liu Chaoliang likes to hijack all his movies. <laughs> that's just that's just. Oh, you mean uh, uh yeah, Lao Kar Lung? Yeah, he, same he guy. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Any movie he's in, where like there's another guy that's supposedly the hero, he just like to hijack the film. He's like, I'm the hero now. Right. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's like kicking everyone's ass. Uh, well, well, to to spoil it a little bit, that does happen. But then he gets yeah, taken yeah. out of commission because they do let the hero finally fight the real bad guy, or not the real bad guy. You know, yeah. the final boss, uh, played by uh, Kim Won Jin, who is who is great as mm-hmm, a scorpion mm-hmm, king. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Actually, he makes the movie because a lot of the acrobatics and the the stunt work it was actually by him, and he's great. You know, mm-hmm. Like, and he also was breaking out of his role into Hong Kong from as a Korean actor. So it's like, yeah, good for him. Like, he, he definitely. Unfortunately, I don't think he did much after this movie. If I, like, remember looking at his yeah. filmography. Yeah, we we kind of spoke about that. He didn't really yeah. go anywhere. I think he he went back to Korea and he he did some um, yeah. action direction. Which I watched actually. Oh. I don't think uh, I might have mentioned this to you. Um, he was the action director for My Wife as a uh-huh. Gangster, and I was watching that movie, and it's just like it, it's mm. like not there. I think I think when that movie was made, the you know there wasn't a, a big demand for Korean action mm. movies at that point. You can see where he was taking ideas he learned from Hong Kong and really trying to right. inject it. And I feel like maybe the stunt team just couldn't you know couldn't take on that those duties 
because it's just you can see where it's it's trying to be Hong Kong, but it but it right, can't right. live up to it. <laughs> they probably have things like like safety laws and unions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so one other thing that I really wanted to mention about the Scorpion King, I mentioned this in the episode, but I just I love its take on diet. Oh yeah, <laughs> meaning yep, like. Yep. Like the the character, you know, the character is getting into bodybuilding, and you know his bodybuilding mentor is kind of like oh. denouncing Chinese yep. cooking, which is which was so fascinating to me. I've never seen that in I a forgot, movie before. I forgot that was an element of the movie. Didn't I tell you that I felt like this? My dad wrote this this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great because like the well, that was uh, that was definitely Liu Chiang's like hand in the script which is you know like, oh brain breeds technique and skill beats brawn at any day which is you know you can see that in one of the fights uh, towards the end of the movie where the the brawny dude is can't handle the the much faster and more nimble guy um yeah no but i do think the action is really good in it i just think the story just gets hijacked by lu xiaolang and it's like oh I, but that movie <laughs> will easily get on anyone's list just for lu xiaolang's sudden high kick <laughs> the fake leg that comes out like out of nowhere. the fake leg yes i love That's that great. uh you have anything else zero i have oh, one is more it the movie i probably have on my list it's I a donnie know. yen movie what is your That's movie what i was saying before yeah. oh yeah it's a yeah. donnie yen I movie i was gonna say yeah. like well we have a couple of donnie yen movies that we could choose from and obviously mm-hmm. zero and i are thinking about enter the fat dragon obviously <laughs> yeah oh, of course even though we just <laughs> talked about that as, yeah, that movie as is so one good. of my it's, worst. It's so bad and good. Uh, no, we're talking about in the line of duty four, right? Am I, is that? Yes. yes. I don't, I don't want to play, play, play favorites with uh, my movies, uh, especially with, when in, we have so many varying things going on here and so many different uh, styles, so many different uh, themes, tones, moods etc and even as mia who's who would recommend the spl any given day i can objectively say the best movie we covered last year was in the line of duty 4 on like every front that movie is fucking amazing <laughs> it's really good i don't know if i could say it's the best but it's it's pretty good i would oh i would definitely recommend this movie to, to anyone this is the seen. movie that perfectly encapsulates what our show is about <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this it, it has everything we want. Like, uh, like uh, I'll say Bangkok Knockout is, is everything I want as well. But something about In the Line of Duty 4, I think um, I think the direction is just that much stronger. And, you know, it actually has a story like Bangkok Knockout. Just, there's no yeah, story. Save the girl. It, it's just kind of stuntmen yeah. doing their thing. Save the girl. Yeah. So it, it's when you when you do kind of have a story and you have characters you kind of care about. It does elevate the that fights a little bit. That's true. Uh, well, in the line of duty, isn't just one note, right? Bangkok knockout. It's like, well, there's a lot of action, but it's like, okay, well, they just have to survive, I guess. That's it. And whereas in the line of duty has yeah. a four, has so many beats to it, and there's always something changing. And design, but it doesn't feel relentless. You know, it's not like uh, an SPL or uh, what was another movie we talked about that was kind of relentless. Uh, actually, SPL is just like, or like uh, the raid or whatever, you know, or or broken path. Or how about that? Like movies that like just feel like, oh, like yeah. the action is nonstop and like it, it doesn't, you don't have any room to breathe as an audience member. In the Line of Duty Four has so much action, but it somehow 
paces it so well, whereas an audience member, you're not bombarded. You don't feel like, oh my God, I need to take a break from that last action scene. Even though there are like three fight scenes back to back in the movie, in the very first like mm-hmm. five to 10 minutes of the film, there are three action mm-hmm. scenes, but you don't feel it. It feels like they they space it out just perfectly. But that's great. That, that mm-hmm. That's a, that's a sign of good direction and good editing. Um, yeah, and, and you know, like, I can't even, I can't even get into like how many, like the minutia of it because there's so much about the action that just like made our jaws drop it's it's just so good in every way um even though the i think i was gonna say i think for me uh actually cynthia khan kind of stole the movie for me like uh cynthia khan and her stunt work with the band oh my god it was like that is just cemented in my mind how you know we you know when you when you uh learn about uh the hong kong filming industry and their techniques there's a lot of questionable things going on with yeah. with safety i want to say that they are i'm sure they are definitely trying to keep the, you know one of their main actors as safe mm-hmm. as possible but when you see what they're putting her through at the same time it's it's so stressful her hanging off the side of the van her then making her way to the front of the van and then hanging like on the the hood and the grill it's like yes you know she's somehow strapped in but it's so dangerous that like one simple slip up and you could have oh, lost yeah. your actress it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy I, I, I love how both bay, as bay logan i'm pretty sure it was him in the commentary who said that you know she had nightmares after after doing the yeah stunt. yeah not before leading up to it to uh, muster up the courage but afterwards, I'm like, oh man, that's, that's how terrifying it was. And yeah, you can definitely see that. Um, I, mean, I, I can't, I, I just gush over in the line of duty for. I might go back and just watch it for the, just the sake of doing it. Uh, actually, uh, last month when I uh, was with my girlfriend's mom, we were watching movies. She recommended, she asked for any recommendations, and I recommended this. And she, her eyes were just like glued to the television because <laughs> that's the effect <laughs> that in the line of duty four has on people it, it's mm-hmm. so fucking good um oh, i guess a movie that kind of would i mean i don't really have much other other than uh, other movies that to really add to this list i guess a good runner up that kind of even comes close to that same kind of caliber of action uh, like in the same vein as is in the line of duty four is writing wrongs uh, i just feel like there's mm-hmm. so many parallels you could draw between the two like the level of uh, the level of um of action you know like kind of similar oh well same time period when it's filmed uh and like kind of a similar similar ish premise about well mostly cops um and like there's good like car action in that movie as well uh but yeah like obviously as much as i like writing wrongs in the line of duty for any given day yeah i did not have writing wrongs on my list uh i don't know if you recall but if you looked at the episode i was bored to tears by that the the action the the action saves it but sitting through that movie was so difficult <laughs> yep uh yeah that's actually everything i would have to say about uh to 2020 yeah 2020 i would recommend yeah. at least yeah that and mm-hmm. yeah same here yeah it's 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 nice that we we kind of came together <laughs> in the end to agree on in the line of duty 4 although we disagreed with some things mainly beverly hills uh, ninja god there's a lot of things you can disagree on in the world. Politics, religion, money. But you you have to all agree on In the Line of Duty 4. That's the <laughs> universal truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then and then Mark's going to come in and be like, I don't know, guys. That movie is really boring. I, I really need to see more uh, African Kung Fu Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I also highly recommend that movie. I'm not knocking that movie. That, that movie's fucking great. Uh, 
Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's just not on my list. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it too. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you're looking forward to in 2021? Uh, I'm looking to, forward to our new format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's true. It'll be, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that fares. Uh, yeah. You guys will know all about that. Uh, I don't know. Zero. Do you have anything you're looking forward to? Yep. For 2021? Uh, I think the Matrix 4 is coming mm-hmm. out. Okay. And then... Um, Fuck, what else is is John Wick I don't, four I don't coming out year. too? I don't, I don't think are they even production. Okay, I don't remember that. I, I don't uh, remember. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't recall anything else. That Mister Nobody movie looked kind of fun. I, I sent you that trailer. <laughs> I can see your eyes rolling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really have anything I'm looking forward to. I just feel like, uh, especially since 2020 became a, a, a like a, a hiatus on film production, and there wasn't much to look forward to. It's kind of nice to like look back on this year and just kind of go backwards in times, anyways, and miss check out the movies that we missed out on. And we might do we're, we're basically gonna be doing the same. I mean, martial arts movies don't come out that in droves, so it's like, oh, why, why? What's there to look forward to in 2021? Hong Kong's a shit show, anyways. Just go, let's just go backwards in time to the 80s and 90s. <laughs> The good old days. Pretty much. I mean, I feel uh, if you if you follow you know martial arts fans on Twitter or Reddit, it's it's all eighties oh, nineties yeah. posts. You know, like, but yeah, follow us on Twitter and social media I, platforms. I, I, I am and not. Whatnot. I, I am not condoning. We, we, they make another Invincible Dragons. Sir. <laughs> That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> I would love to see an invisible oh dragon God. too. What, what's going to happen? A but, cow is going to come out of this, uh, the, 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 the water. <laughs> uh, did did uh, Anderson Silva? No, die? he didn't. Did he? No, he should have died. That's the thing. Okay, so it's going to be the rematch. Um, and oh, okay, I got it. I got it. So invincible, an invincible dragon. Max Yang has the the dragon tattoo, and he also has the CGI dragon that helps him out. If you recall, Anderson Silva has a is it a snake mm-hmm. no, tattoo no, they're both dragons they're both dragons oh they're both dragons that's what i'm telling you that movie is terrible ah <laughs> uh, okay okay so then and so then anderson silva he's got the the his dragon tattoo he then gets his own cgi dragon and both cgi dragons fight and it's like pokemon <laughs> and it, it's and it's gonna be great <laughs> this that would still be better than jiu <laughs> 